Welcome to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages every week. These powerful messages are sure to inspire you and keep you on track. Whether it's our late founder, Pastor Wayman Mitchell, or any of your favorite fellowship leaders worldwide, including Pastors Joe Campbell, Paul Stevens, Mark Olson, Tom Payne, Harold Warner, Richard Ruby, and many more, get ready to hear from God through this message. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Pastor Adam. We are very pleased to be able to present to you these fresh messages just preached in Prescott Bible Conference. We know many of you uh, were unable to make it to the conference in Prescott, Arizona, uh, unfortunately, as I was unable to make it this year. However, we are blessed to be able to present these messages to you on only a very short time delay. So even if you were not able to catch up on the live stream. We are presenting these to you very shortly after they've been preached. We're going to be providing these messages to you over the next two weeks. So the the conference messages spread out over the next two weeks, and then we will continue with our regularly scheduled program. I also want to just challenge you and remind you there are giving links in the show notes. Uh, It is not enough just to participate by listening to the messages. I want to encourage you to participate as well with your generosity. Take a look at the links in the show notes. They are direct giving links to the Prescott Bible Conference. I would encourage you to give generous love offerings. Listen, the whole reason we're doing this podcast is to raise money for world evangelism. Uh, No greater way that we can do that than by sending you directly to the Prescott Giving website so that you can participate not only with your listening ears, but also with your dollars and cents. We thank you so much for listening. We want to present to you the first message from the 2021 Bible Conference preached by Pastor Greg Mitchell. The title of this message is Clarity. Enjoy. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Habakkuk chapter 2. We're going to begin. I'm going to follow the conference theme. On the opening night, 1990. The Hubble Space Telescope was launched by NASA, cost two and a half billion dollars at the time. The idea was that it would provide brilliant views, unprecedented views of space, but soon after they turned the the telescope on, NASA knew that something was horribly wrong. Instead of brilliant views, everything was fuzzy, it was out of focus, and they discovered that the main mirror had been ground incorrectly and therefore was not able to transmit anything clear because the telescope itself had no clarity. The scripture that we are going to read, a man named Habakkuk, God's prophet, he is struggling with the events in his own life, in his own nation, He says, I need to hear from God, and God speaks. Part of the text you see behind me, God says, what is needed is clarity. Because when we have clarity, that is going to make all the difference to us, but we will also be able to transmit 
clarity. I want to preach about clarity. Habakkuk 2, starting at verse 1, three verses. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time but at the end it will speak and it will not lie though it tarries wait for it because it will surely come it will not tarry clarity I want to begin let's talk about clear vision everything in life begins with God. Everything in ministry begins with God. Who God is and what he has planned in the earth, in the nations, and what he has planned for churches. The key issue for us is what is our part in the plans of God? What role does God want us to play in his plans? And his purposes. This is what we call vision. Verse 2, the Lord answered and said, write the vision and make it plain. That word vision literally means to see or to perceive. And often vision involves the future of what can be. That might be for your life personally. That is what Jesus said to some fishermen. If you'll follow me, I will make you fishers of men. He gave them a vision. Your life can be bigger than your job, larger than making money. Pioneering is a glorious vision to start a church where nothing exists there yet. My wife and I pioneered for the second time in Johannesburg, South Africa. We erected a tent on a dirt lot filled with weeds, but we told the people, I told them, someday on this site there will be a church planting church, a vision for what God can do. Your ministry, maybe that is the vision of God using your life in some way to reach other people or to be a blessing. And then, of course, international, we will focus on Thursday night, the possibility that a nation outside your borders could be impacted and your life could have a part in bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ. All of those are what we call vision to see and how God brings that vision. It can come many different ways. The Word of God, anointed preaching, the Holy Spirit speaking. Uh, That is what God has done in my life numbers of times. It was the Holy Spirit told me He wanted to preach. You saw my father preaching and I said, I will never do that. But the Holy Spirit told me. That's what I wanted you to do. The Holy Spirit told me, I want you to go to South Africa. God can do that by seeing needs. Sometimes that's how 
vision comes. Nehemiah 1.4, when I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. So vision, our text says this is the crucial need. But the text says that vision produces action. Verse 2, write the vision and make it plain that he may run who reads it. Very simple. People who can see, they will act. And people who do not see, they will not act. This is the key. When you can see something of what God has for your life and his plans, the key is what action is required of me in order to bring that to pass. There may be things that we have to do in order to line up with God's will. Giving ourselves to the ministry, focusing and practicing, studying, working. There, those are things that we must do in order for the vision to come to pass. There are things that we must not do in order to line up with God's will. We have some airline pilots in the church and some of them have told me that they are taught, drilled into them, the pilot's job at all times is to fly the plane. <laughs> hey, we need, the pilot's job is to fly the plane. So that means if he's flying the plane, there are other things he can't do. Vision is like that. Priority. You want to do the will of God. Very simply, you have to understand you can't do everything in life. That means the will of God has to be priority. It has to be important because some things... Get in the way of the will of God. Mark 1.20, Jesus immediately called them. They left their father in the boat with the hired workers and they followed Jesus. Consecration. The Old Testament has many puzzling commands against defilement. Things you're not supposed to eat, not supposed to touch, places you're not supposed to go. And the reason why is those things would affect your ability to be in the presence of God. 2 Timothy 2.21, all those who make themselves clean from evil will be used for special purposes. They will be made holy, useful for the master, ready to do any good work. That scripture says there are things that you must not do you must not have in your life if the vision is going to be a reality in your life. So the problem, though, in the book of Habakkuk is that people change over time. They begin with vision, and it may be clear at one time, but then they begin to drift over time. Hebrews 2.1, we must pay more careful attention to what we've heard so that we do not drift away. He's writing, he says, be careful. 
if you drift on a river, you understand this, this picture here. You no longer stay in the same place. Some people, they're no longer doing the same things. They're no longer the, the same people that they used to be. So the vision is no longer clear like it used to be. Distractions, cloud vision, Mark 4.19, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. That text says money is a powerful force. Pastor Campbell just told us the good things that money can do. But money has the power to distract. Money in your pocket is good. Money in the bank is better. Money over your eyes while you drive is not good. It's clouding. Some of you came to conference, you can no longer see things as clearly as you used to. God is blessing you, but the problem is clarity is gone because of the blessings that God has given you. Bitterness, relational conflicts, they're a distraction. You know, there are people tonight in this glorious atmosphere. There are some of you, you haven't heard a single report because you are consumed right now. You're thinking about those people back there <laughs> and what they said and when I get back. Consumes. It changes you to where you can no longer remember what God said. I was reading about two pilots, Jet Airways in India. They started arguing in the middle of the flight and the pilot slapped the co-pilot. <laughs> she ran out of the cockpit in tears and wouldn't come back. The, cock, the, the captain left the cockpit to try to convince her to come back and help fly the plane. The plane had 338 people on board. Why are you there? Fly the plane. You made me mad. <laughs> Some of you can no longer remember the call of God on your life because you have allowed people and offenses. It has clouded you. Sin removes clarity. Listen, you cannot sin and remain the same. Samson got into sin and he forgot why God had chosen him. And then circumstances. That was what was happening in Habakkuk. Habakkuk was confused by disappointment. The nation of Israel had been destroyed, and he'd seen that. And now Judah was facing destruction. The violent Babylonians, they were on their way to destroy his nation. 
Chapter 2, verse 13, why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Habakkuk, this is messing with his head. God, if we are your people, why are we facing destruction? Disappointment dims vision. The crises of life, the painful events... Why did God let that happen? If I am his follower and doing his will, why? I don't get it. Struggles. Some of you came dragging into conference because you've been having struggles with fruitfulness, struggles with finances, the vision has dimmed because of disappointment. The problem is we can forget what God said before. We read after the resurrection of Peter who said, I'm going fishing. But I read you the verse before where they were called away from fishing. It was so clear back then. Jesus gave them the possibility I can make you fishers of men. Your life can be bigger than fishing. But now, through the events of life, Peter says, I am going back to fishing. You know, glaucoma is an eye disease. In its simple form, it's fluid, putting pressure on the optic nerve. If you don't treat it, it'll cause blindness. But what interested me is, Glaucoma has been nicknamed the sneaky thief of vision because its effect happens slowly over time. And many people, they do not realize what has been happening to them until it is very advanced. What is needed is clear vision. Let's talk secondly about transmitting clarity. Our text says vision has to be clear to you. Verse 2, write the vision and make it plain. We cannot do the will of God unless vision is plain to us. For some of you, if you don't have a vision, I don't know, maybe you're new, a new convert, or you're young, or for some reason you have not had God give you a vision in one way or another, then, listen, you're in the right place. Ask God, God, what do you want to do and what is my part in your will? Your prayer this week should be, God, speak to me and show me your will. That's if you don't have a vision yet. But for many of us, the question is, what has God already spoken to us? Because our text says, Habakkuk, write the vision. You write the vision partly by writing it on your heart. The nation of Israel, the Jewish people, this is what they did very well is they rehearsed their history set times of the year. They would rehearse what did God say? Who are we? to be as a people. What is our purpose 
And what has God done for us in the past? You know what they're doing? Is they are writing the vision on their heart by rehearsing it. As I said, some of you came straggling in, struggling. When you came this week, it would do you well to spend some time this week deliberately remembering and rehearsing what has God done for you? What did he tell you? Write it on your heart. Our text says, not only write it on your heart, literally write it down. Because when you write something down, it clarifies the vision. It makes it a reference point. When I was a young disciple in the church in Perth, West Australia, Pastor Mitchell asked a a number of disciples. We met with him in one of the rooms of the church, and he said to all of us, I want you to write me a letter. And in that letter, I want to know three things. Write down, number one, what do you feel God wants you to do with your life? Number two, what do you want to do with your life? And number three, what are you willing to do to bring those things to pass? Write it down. For some of you, perhaps that would be clarifying. If your brain is swimming, write it down. What God has spoken, what he's speaking to you this week. Because our text says the purpose of clarity is beyond us. Some of you, you are going to personally be helped this conference, but vision is not just for you. It's supposed to go beyond you. Verse 2, write the vision and make it plain so that he may run who reads it. Habakkuk was God's prophet. It was his job to hear from God, not just for himself, but for other people. Verse 1, I will watch and see what he'll say to me. But the vision transmitted to him with clarity is so that he could transmit it to to other people. See, here's the problem. If the vision isn't clear to you, you have no hope of transmitting it clearly to anybody else. That's very simple. July of 1945, the Allies called on the government of Japan to proclaim unconditional surrender. And they said the alternative for Japan is prompt and utter distraction. In Tokyo, Premier Suzuki, when asked about the Allies' demand for surrender, he gave their response. He used a word in Japanese, mokusatsu, that literally means we will wait in silence until we can speak with wisdom. But the interpreters translated that as we will kill it with silence. And so how it came out is, that doesn't even deserve a response. 
The Allies took it as a refusal, and 10 days later, Hiroshima was hit with an atom bomb. Ultimately, 146,000 people died, partly because the message was not transmitted clearly. See, if we can receive a message with clarity, then we can transmit it with clarity. If you have no clarity, you're never going to be able to transmit it with clarity because our text says vision produces action. When people see the vision for their life, it inspires them for what they can be. Vision gives a clear path of of action. This week, you're not going to hear vague principles. You're going to hear very specific and direct challenges on what we should be doing. Vision motivates us to change our focus. 1981, my parents moved to Perth, West Australia. I had no intention of moving. I only had a few months of high school left. Dad said, why don't you come just to look? Why don't you come for a visit? It was in Australia that God spoke to me personally in a men's discipleship class that he wanted me to preach. But I didn't understand anything about where, when, how. Dad rented a hall after a morning service in Maylands, a suburb of Perth, and he held what we've called today the Vision Chicken Luncheon. Fed us all chicken spent a few minutes just telling this church that wasn't very old, explained the vision of our fellowship. That is, we want to get people saved in Australia. We want to train up disciples in Australia, and we want to plant churches in Australia. And then he put a map of Australia on Behind him, and he asked the people, he said, where would you like to see churches planted in Australia? They began to name cities. I had never been anywhere. I didn't know where these places were. One lady, she lifted her hand. She said, we need a church in Kalgoorlie. There's a hell of a lot of miners there that need Jesus. (laughs) Okay. But people began to name these cities that I had never heard of. But something began to stir in my heart. Could it be that one of those cities that I never heard about before, could it be that God would have me to go there someday? And that is exactly what happened. 1986, my wife and I went to the city of Launceston, the island of Tasmania in Australia. But It was vision. As my father transmitted vision clearly, something got on me and many others there and gave us a clear path to follow. Let's look at one final thought. I want to talk about our faithful God. Our text says that vision speaks It not only speaks about the future and the possibilities. It not only speaks about the purposes of God in the earth and your part in that. The vision speaks to people who are in crisis, who are doubting. Verse 3, the vision 
is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Habakkuk is looking at the destruction around him, the dangers facing his nation. This is messing with his head. I don't get this, God. God speaks to him about vision because part of the vision that we have to have is this, God is in control. Habakkuk, you have to understand this. God is, you know why that's important to know? Because at times in life it will seem like God is not in control. You ever do that? You ever read the paper? <laughs> Open up your browser and you think, uh, how does that, how can that possibly fit in the will of God? Look at the madness of our world. People in power putting in anti-Christian social engineering laws. The nation of China, most of our workers have had to leave and be kicked out. So, wait, wait a minute, God, how, how, does that, how does that fit with the vision? Globally, there's very few people from overseas here with us. I'm, I'm thankful for the few that you were able to come. Many, you're watching online. That's the only way because, because of COVID. It's changed our world. You cannot be here with us. COVID, some of you right now, you are in lockdown. You are not able to meet. Some of you, outreach is more of a struggle. Fruitfulness has been damaged. Faithfulness. Tell you what, COVID, one of the main assaults and results of COVID is faithfulness has been assaulted. That is from hell. And so God, how does all that fit? Listen, if God is in control, that means the purposes of God are not changed by circumstances. The vision is what God wants to happen. That doesn't change because of what God, what's going on in the world. God doesn't say, I got a vision. Never mind, the world's insane. <laughs> I had a vision. How can you have a vision with crazy people like this? <laughs> Habakkuk learns here. If God is in control, God keeps his word. Verse 3, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak. And it will not lie, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. At times in the struggle and when your head is spinning like Habakkuk, God, how does this fit? God says, listen, I keep my word, I will do what I have promised I was rejoicing with Pastor Artie Aragon from Chinle. He told me they were able to meet their workers for the first time since COVID, able to get all of their workers together. 
able to meet after having brutal lockdown that, that started, I think, when Noah got off the boat. Is that right, Artie? That's about when it started. It's gone on and on and on and on. But he said, what a glorious weekend. Had a concert they threw together and had 400 visitors come out. Thank God. Because God, he does what he promises. And when he does what he promises, listen, it won't be late. There's a famous mission story. Helen Rosevere was a missionary doctor in the Congo. This is a lady from England. She worked in a, their primitive hospital. She said one night, a woman died during delivery and left a very premature baby and her two-year-old daughter, who are now motherless. Helen Rosevere said, we had no incubator. There wasn't, we had an incubator, there's no electricity. The only way to keep a baby warm is a hot water bottle, and we didn't have one. She said the next morning she was meeting with some of the children from the orphanage and she told them about this baby. This baby is going to die if we can't keep it warm and we don't have a hot water bottle. They began to pray. One of these little girls from the orphanage, this is what she prayed. She said, please God, send us a water bottle. It'll be no good tomorrow. The baby will be dead. So please send it this afternoon. Then she added, and while you're at it, please send a dolly for the little girl's sister so she'll know that you really love her. And Helen Rosevere, she thought to herself, the only way that we could have a hot water bottle is if a parcel came from England, and I've never gotten one parcel in four years. And if they did send a parcel, who would send a hot water bottle to the jungles of the equator? But a couple of hours later, Someone ran to her and they said, a, a package came. She said she gathered the children from the orphanage and began opening it. There were bandages, there was medicine, and she reached in and she pulled out a brand new rubber hot water bottle. Yeah. The little girl who prayed that prayer she ran up and she said, if God sent the water bottle, then that means he must have sent the dolly too. She began digging and at the bottom of the box, she pulled out a little baby's doll. <laughs> Helen Rosevere said that parcel had been in transit for five months. It had been packed by her, the former Sunday school class that she used to teach. And as they were packing it, God moved upon the leader who felt, you know what, we should send a hot water bottle. And a little girl said, and we need to send a dolly for a child in Africa. Listen, can I tell you something? Some of you have been praying, and God says, though the vision tarry, it will come. How many of you believe that? Amen. I believe in prayer. In the face of struggles, I believe that God keeps his word. And what he told us to do, 
He will do it. You know, our response to this needs to be active obedience. For some of us, obedience means we need to repent. What needs to happen is we need to change our minds and change our hearts. We need to repent. There are some things that have to go. Revelations 2.5, the New Century Version says, so remember where you were before you fell. Change your hearts and do what you did at the first. For some of us, obedience will mean that we trust God. That's the entire book of Habakkuk. Can you trust God when things aren't going well and things are happening that you can't possibly understand? Trust and finally act in obedience. God told Moses, speak to the people that they go forward. Listen, we're not going back on the vision. God has given us a vision in our fellowship. God spoke through Pastor Mitchell, and he passed it on to us. We're not going back on that vision. We're not changing that vision. Our call is to act in obedience to the vision. David Livingston, he volunteered to be a missionary with the London Missionary Society. They said, where do you want to go? He said, anywhere so long as it is forward. That is our call in 2021. Some people who are watching this right now, COVID is raging right now. Our call is to go forward. <laughs> January of 2020, our fellowship, we had 2,717 churches. As of right now, this is just the information that people have actually sent in. We now have 2,871. That means, listen... Since January of 2020, we have planted 154 churches, most of those in the COVID era. Praise God. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. What does God want us to do in a confusing word, world? Go forward. You know why we're here? We are going to plant churches. There are pastors here. God wants you to go forward. Don't wait and wait and wait until it's all done and there's never a mask to be seen. Go forward. There are people here, God has spoken to you in the past about going overseas. Let's go forward because God has spoken the vision. This week, some of you, God is going to speak to you very personally. God's going to speak to some of you about giving in offerings, planting churches, changes in priority. And our text says clarity. Clarity. Write the vision and make it plain. It's not just for us, so that he may run whoever will read the vision. Let's bow our heads. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.